Fueled, episode number 30 with Dr. C.K. Bray, The Growth Mindset. Welcome to Fueled, the podcast for teens that aspire for greatness. My name is Easton Allred, and I am a successful entrepreneur, athlete, college student, and personal development guru. Each week, I interview successful and inspiring individuals that will teach you the secrets of setting goals and developing life-changing habits that will fuel you to greatness. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get fueled. Hello, few listeners, and welcome to episode number 30 of Fueled. As usual, I am so excited to be on with you guys today, right after Thanksgiving break. Now, this Thanksgiving, I had a really hard time of staying healthy and keeping my momentum rolling and getting stuff done, and I had family staying in my room, so I had all my stuff in between rooms, hard to stay organized and hard hard to stay productive, but I'm so excited to get back on the saddle and get it done this weekend today, and I have a huge announcement for all my few listeners. I hope if you, I hope you've been listening to my previous episodes, and if you have, you'd remember that I had a massive, massive race last week. It was Nike National Southwest Region in Arizona. It was about five states, and I actually won the race for all freshmen. I had the fastest freshman time in all five states, so that was a huge accomplishment for me, and I'll be doing another episode on what mindset I was able to have that put me in that spot and what I did to prepare for that race and and how I was able to do that, but thank you guys all so much for the support, and I am so excited to get today's guest, Dr. C.K. Bray, on the podcast. This is a huge opportunity for me and you guys are going to love him on this episode. He has so much to offer. He is just an all-around successful guy. He's successful in every aspect of his life. He's a happy, happy guy. He's doing some incredible things with his success and with his life. He is an expert in the mindset of millionaires and the career, and he's an expert in career development. He has written two books. He has a podcast. He has a PhD and I cannot wait to introduce him to you guys and to get him on. Dr. C.K. Bray, can you introduce my, yourself to my listeners and tell them a little bit about you and what you're doing right now? Sure, you bet. Well, Easton, it is great to be on. Thank you for having me. Um, what am I doing lately? Man, I have some great stuff that's going on. As you mentioned, I have a new book out. It was launched in March. It's a USA um, Today bestseller. But most of my research right now is focusing on change, on mindfulness, and also neuroscience. What happens in the brain that causes us to be able to change or adapt, mostly in our careers, but also in corporate America, or I should just say corporations um, abroad. So a lot of research going on, a lot of new topics are coming out as we understand, understand the brain more and more than we ever have before. So that's what I'm focusing on at the moment. I love it. So I got to know, how did you, how are you able to start this book, get it going? And what gave you the motivation to make that happen? Oh, that Easton, that's a great question. What happened was, is I was doing quite a few seminars, keynote speeches on careers, on change, how to deal with change in an organization and in individuals' personal lives. And after the seminars, individuals would come up and say, oh, Dr. Bray, do you have information on the fear I feel when I'm starting a new career or changing careers, or if I don't know what career I want to go into or what types of things I want to do. And so the impetus for the, for the book came from those questions. So I 
started writing those questions down. And then after I had about 50 to 75 questions, I decided I need to write a book because one thing I found, Easton, is a lot of people didn't have the funds or the resources to be able to find answers to the questions on what should they do with their life, their careers, you know, where should they spend their time. And so I wrote the book so that people could get all the information they wanted for under $15. What does it take to have a, have a solid mindset and what is that mindset that we all need to be having today? All right. Well, the, the research right now says that there's two main mindset. There's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And the individual who came up with this research, her name was Dr. Carol Dwick. And the difference between the two, a fixed mindset is, and I'll make this short, a fixed mindset is all about performing and being perfect. And if you get something, hey, then you're a good person. You did a good job. The growth mindset is one where, hey, I'm always developing developing. I'm getting better at what I should do. And especially at your age and the age of many of your listeners for the podcast is the growth mindset is one is you just want to keep on trying new things. Hey, let me try new things. I'm not going to be great at it. I may not be perfect at it, but I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow and develop. And when you learn that mindset, not only are you much happier, but you're also much more successful at anything you try because it's all about not being perfect, but just trying, doing, and learning. Thank you so much for that, Chris, because I think you nailed it right on the head. The growth mindset is one of the most essential keys to being successful. If you believe and if you have this mindset that you're always growing, that you can be better, then that will certainly happen as opposed to having a mindset that you're always going to stay the same. I think mindsets have such a large effect on where you're going to go. So the next question is, what would you consider to be the number one tool for success? Oh, that's a great question. Here's how, how did I used to define it and how do I define it now? Well, I would say as a younger man, just a little bit older than you, Easton, I defined success as, hey, if I had a job where I was in charge and had a lot of authority or I made a lot of money, that, that was success for me at the time. But how do I define success now is around, Hey, do I have the opportunity to do things that I'm good at every day? Do I have the opportunity to provide service and and help people out in the job that I I do? Also, do I have the opportunity to have time to spend with family and friends and pursuing things I like to do? Instead of money being, hey, this is success, I now look and say, hey, if I have time to do the things that I want to do, now I'm successful. So it's a big mixture, a big melting pot of, of all those things of time doing what I like to do and being able to help people out that makes me the most happy and what I consider to be most successful. How have you been able to achieve that success in your life? Well, there, there's, I would say two reasons. And, and Easton, at your age, it's the perfect time to learn this. Now, there's a lot of research that's been done on millionaires. How do people get to be millionaires? Now, I'm a big fan of people being entrepreneurs, starting business, starting businesses, not relying on somebody or some corporation for, you know, to be able to support their family and have a house or apartment car, things like that. But what I've learned from the research is if you take 100 millionaires, at least, uh, you know, at least 95 of them at least have a bachelor's. Now, we read on these magazines all the time about how, hey, these people quit school and they became billionaires and all these things happen. That's only 5% of the millionaire population. So one of the best things you can do is I say, get some schooling, get some education, but along with that, start a business and get that type of education. So I'm a big fan of 
both types. Now that means you're going to spend more time. It's going to be, you're going to have a lot more hard work to do, but get an education, but then also get what I call that entrepreneurial education, get both of them. Cause you really need both nowadays. And, and the research says, like I said, 95% of millionaires have at least have a bachelor's. That's a, that's very interesting. And I, I actually did not know that statistic and it's cool to have that and keep that in the back of my mind for sure. But Great advice is to keep that education and balance it with your entrepreneurial education. So to have both of those balanced in your life, I think is very important as well. So great answer. And what habits do you have and apply in your life that have contributed to your success? Oh, some, of the re- some of the reasons that I think I've been successful up to this point and having a growth mindset, hopefully I'll be able to reach new goals and, and attain new heights in, in what I want to do. But some of the reasons I think I've been successful is, first of all, you know, I did get an education and that was very helpful. My problem was, Easton, let me tell you one place I went wrong is I waited. I I felt like I waited a little little too long to begin that entrepreneurial type of education that you're doing at this age. Boy, if I could talk to teenagers, people who are just getting into college, I would have them do exactly what you're doing. Hey, start some business. Even if you have a part time job, start a business and learn how to run a business. Now, some of the other reasons, I think that I've surrounded myself and worked with some really smart people, people who are much smarter than me and were able to make suggestions along the way saying, Chris, hey, you should do this with your business or have you thought about this type of product? And having that type of conversation with people who I feel are much smarter than me was very helpful in me not having you know, to make mistakes and learning, learning from their expertise. Um, some other reasons I think I've been successful, I married I married right, meaning I married uh, a woman who just absolutely supported my dreams as I supported her dreams, and we worked together as a partnership. So it wasn't just me chasing the dreams, but it was what I consider us chasing the dreams together. And then I'm just going to say it, hard work. Easton, above anything else, a lot of it has to do with just hard work. I outworked everybody else. That's what I did in, in certain parts of my field that let me have opportunities that others didn't have because I was willing to put in the time that others others weren't willing to put in. Well, what kind of sacrifices did you have to make to make your dreams come true? All right, let, let's get down and dirty about this. So what, what did that mean? That means there were a lot of evening times, you know, so I'd go to work and I'd come home from work and in the evening times, lots of individuals would go out and play golf with their friends or go play tennis with their friends or go out to dinner you know, with their friends and family. Well, I was going to school, you know, I had to earn an MBA, my first PhD from the university of Oklahoma. Then as I started my second PhD, so it, it it just was a matter of a lot of evening times. I was actually in class or doing work. Now I would try to stop by, you know, seven or eight o'clock so I could spend time with family and, and have that important family time. But usually what I gave up is I gave up, I would say some of that free time because I decided, Hey, at least two to three hours every day I can find and I'm going to have to give up some of that free time to be able to pursue my dreams because I was working a full-time job. And so that was one, one thing that I, I lost out on. Another thing I'd say was a sacrifice is it was a sacrifice of friendships because, you know, I had my family, so I would go to work. I'd do my, you know, two or three hours of growing my business. And then the rest of the time was family time. So I didn't have a whole lot of time for friends so unfortunately, during my 30s and early 40s, I did sacrifice a lot of friendships because people would call and say, hey, Chris, let's go out and um, Saturday, let's go golfing on Saturday morning. I would think, oh, I only have Saturday to spend with my family. Unfortunately, 
I can't because I'm so busy during the week. Or here's a perfect example, Easton. I have a chapter that's due, you know, to the editor. It's, you know, Saturday afternoon. I've got to write my chapter. I, I can't go out with, you know, friends. And then once the chapter's done, I can spend time with family. So there, there were some sacrifices. And those sacrifices, I would say, made it worth it. But boy, it was difficult at times. You know, everybody else is going out and having fun. And you're getting to work. You're doing the deal. But, but one difference was, Easton, is I loved what I was doing. So I was excited about it. It wasn't like, oh, I have to write this chapter. It was like, this chapter is going to help people. I love writing this book. So I was actually excited to do it. But there were sacrifices on the, on the back end. Absolutely. And I think that's very important to recognize that if you're going to suffer now and you're willing to make the sacrifices now, then the rest of your life you'll be reaping those rewards. And I think a lot of times in high school, people will say, oh, just come hang out with me tonight. Or a lot of, a lot of these kids are going out partying every single night and they're just in school. And so they have all of these things that they're doing. Well, others are maybe sending out emails, working on trying to develop themselves. And what happens is those people who are trying to develop themselves end up being more successful later in life, even though they had to sacrifice early on. So it's wherever you're willing to make that sacrifice, it has to come eventually. So I think that's very important to recognize. And since you talk a lot about the growth mindset, I really want to dive into that. Could you explain to my audience a little bit about what exactly the growth mindset is and how we can obtain it? Okay, the growth mindset really is something that you have to develop. It's almost like what we consider a skill. Your mind has to learn, like if you're learning a language or you're learning a sport or music, it's something that you have to be working on all the time. So it's that mindset of I'm developing as an individual, I'm learning, I make mistakes, I'm okay if I make mistakes, I'm getting better over time. Now, unfortunately, in certain aspects of our life, we have that fixed mindset And in certain aspects of our life, we have the growth mindset. What we want to do is we want to expand that growth mindset to all areas of our life. So our personal, um, if it be in school, you know, a perfect example is you may have a fixed mindset about math. Oh, I can't stand math. I am not, people say, I'm not a math person. Well, there's really no such thing. Lots of research behind, behind that shows there's really no such thing. You can learn math. People can learn math. But that fixed mindset says, oh, you're not a math person or you're not an art person. You can't draw. Well, we now know that's not true, that the growth mindset says you can do it if you learn it the right way or if you you know, practice it enough, you're going to get good in that area. So it's taking that growth mindset and putting it in areas where you feel, you know, hey, you're not good at that could be holding you back. So perfect example, let's say you want to be a doctor. You have to go through chemistry and you're like, I'm really not a chemistry person. Well, putting in that growth mindset says, I'm going to learn, I'm going to develop. It might take me longer. I might have to get a tutor. I might have to get some help to learn chemistry, but I can do it if I just put in enough effort, hard work. I know I can get there. So it's that growth mindset of, hey, I've got to implement this in areas that may hold us back in our life. That's how the growth mindset is most helpful. Absolutely. And I think one thing that's huge about that, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, but it's just that belief in yourself that you can do something. And one example that I really like to use for this is Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps, every Mm -hmm. night before he would go to bed, would visualize success. He would visualize jumping in the water and finishing first in the Olympics and getting that gold medal. And when he won this this last Olympics by .001 seconds, I believe, I think it's just that that was his belief. He knew that he was going to win, and he every night he would visualize that, and he made that happen. So great answer and great insight. What would you consider the number one tool for success? 
Oh, let's see. The number one tool for success. Can I do like a 1A, 1B? <laughs> Absolutely. Go for it. Uh, let the, the number one, well, let's do the barrier and let's look at the tool. I think the number one barrier to success for most individuals, and you hit on it, Easton, is themselves. People are their biggest enemy to success. And it doesn't matter if you're 14, 15, if you're 27, or you're 55. I've worked with individuals across all ages, all demographics, and the number one reason most people aren't successful is because they hold themselves back. Now, there's a lot in there that we could unwrap at, an, at another time, but that is, that's one of the biggest reasons people are held back. So what's the biggest tool or the best tool you can use to overcome that? First of all, I just say hard work and trying. Everybody's usually scared of something until they try it and they get into it. Because, you know, the fixed mindset says, oh, I can't play volleyball or I'm not a good tennis player. Or, you know, I'm not a math person. But one of the best tools you can do that you mentioned is just to say, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to learn and grow and get better and better over time. And that when you put hard work into that mix, you're going to be successful. Because half the time, successful individuals are those who just hung in there the longest and kept on working over everybody else. I believe the fear of failure is so real among adults, among teens, among anybody. In our society and in our day, we are so afraid of failure. But once you step outside of your comfort zone, that is when you will succeed. So you step outside of your comfort zone and then you're going to fail. But you don't get better until you first fail. And one of my favorite quotes is by Seth Godin, whoever fails the most wins. So you fail, you fail, you fail, you fail, and then you succeed. In basketball, if you're dribbling the ball and you're never losing the ball, if you're always keeping it up tight and you never lose the ball, then you're never going to get better. But if you're dribbling harder and harder and harder and losing the ball, then you're getting better. So you push yourself and you honestly sometimes need to just fail so that you can get over that fear of failure and get outside of the comfort zone so that in turn you can succeed. What? Absolutely. And Easton, let me jump in there because one of the best things that I have people do is now I, I call it the five or eight fail. I tell people if they're starting something new, a business, or even just trying a new hobby, hey, I want you to fail five times before you even expect success. So you have to come to me and, and show me how you failed five times. And then we'll talk about success. Because then, like you said, it takes away the fear of failure. And once you take away the fear of failure, it just opens up new horizons for people. Fail five times before mm. you even expect success. That's awesome. I'm, I'm going to put that in my, uh, in my goals and try to look for more ways I can start failing because I need to get those five done. So great insight. And could you walk us through your biggest failure and how you overcame that? <laughs> yeah, what, I, oh, I have a lot of them. And it, and it is funny, Easton, because people go to the website or, you know, they hear me speak or go to a seminar or workshop or something, and they think that it's been an easy road and they don't see how many times I have failed. And I mean, we are talking big failures. So I went back to get my PhD um, in my mid thirties and I'll never forget Easton going and sitting in class. Now I did have my master's at the time. This PhD program was the very first class and I looked around you know, I'm mid thirties. Everybody else there is mid twenties. I'm looking around thinking, what am I doing here? And they all looked so smart and like they knew what was going on. I was clueless. I'm a dad at this time. I have a full-time job. And I literally looked around and thought, I can't do this. There, this is not going to work. I'm not going to do it. And I stood up, walked out of class 
and and went to my car and just thought, I'm not going to do this. And it was the very first class. And you can see how I was holding myself back. I sat in the car and just thought, I can't do this. What am I doing? Why, why don't I just be like everybody else and just go to my job and come home, be with my family? But then as I thought about it, a thought came to me, you know what, Chris, have them kick you out. Don't kick yourself out. And so by going back into class and saying, you know what, I'm going to go as far and as hard as I can, and they're going to have to kick me out. I'm not going to kick myself out and make that decision. I'm going to force them to make that decision. Well, guess what? They never kicked me out. I went to every class. I started getting A's. I figured it out. It was a new environment. There were some things I had to learn and change and adapt to, but they never kicked me out. And I ended up finishing and graduating and getting my PhD. So what would have been the biggest fails of my life and held me back turned out to be one of the biggest, biggest successes. I love it. And I think in that story, you can both see your growth mindset and your hard work in getting your PhD. Great example. And what would you say is one thing that is holding you back from achieving your greatest success? One thing that's, oh, that's a good question. Easton. one thing that's holding back. And then I want to turn it around. I want to hear yours. I'll tell, I'll tell you mine. If you tell me yours. So my, one of the biggest thing that's holding me back right now, I would say, let me give you a couple. One thing is I want to do too much. So I need to focus more on, you know, one or two things. So for example, um, my agent wants me to write another book. Um, I'm launching a new division of my company in January called, um, the adaption Institute, which gives lots of research on change for organizations and, and some products there. And so my problem is I have so many things I want to do and I just need to focus on, okay, what do I do? You know, do I do the Adaption Institute, get that rolling and going, then do the book? Do I do both at the same time? So sometimes I have a lot bigger thoughts than I have energy or, or time to do. That That's one thing. Second thing I would say is I still have fear of failure. Absolutely. Now I'll say I'm 46 years old. I now think, oh man, I just I would hate to fail in this area. I'd hate to write another book. And what happens if it sells less than my first book? You know, or it's not as good. So I always have um, fear around that. But like I said, and like I feel, you know, as we talked before, we're always going to have the feelings of fear, but it's just a matter of overcoming them and keeping on going. So those two, fear of failure and how to best use my time are, are things that are constantly working against me. So now let me ask you, Easton, what what are yours? I'd be interested in knowing what yours are. Uh, well, I'm... I'm uh, I'm excited. I've never been asked a question on my own podcast. So very, very <laughs> turn cool. it around. This is a first. So I would say that the biggest thing that's holding me back from achieving my greatest level of success is kind of a mixture of two things that go with each other. So I would say I have a hard time distinguishing my priorities. There's I have a hard time focusing between basketball, running, and my podcast because my body can only do so much when I'm trying to train for basketball and running at the same time. Because I'm trying to train for both of them, it's kind of holding me back a little bit for both sports because I have to make those sacrifices. And I would say what comes along with that is because I get mixed up in my priorities, I tend to procrastinate a little bit. So I'll say, oh, I'll get that done later. I'm, uh, I just need a break right now. And I think procrastination is something that I'm constantly trying to get better at. And I have, I have gotten a lot better, but I think I still have a long ways to go. And, uh, I, I appreciate you asking me that question because I think it's something that's very important to ask yourself and recognize it and work towards fixing that. So are you ready for the next question? And how did you like my answer? I am ready. I, I loved your answer. In fact, I think it's good that your listeners hear that. 
you know, the teenagers, those who are just entering college so that they see you and all the success that you're having in different areas of your life that they're able to look and say, oh, boy, Easton comes home and he wants to sit and watch television for a minute or he wants to chill out and do nothing and he procrastinates. I do that too. So then they can see, oh, I can overcome it. If Easton's doing it, I can do it. So by saying that, you give people permission to, you know, to start chasing after their dreams, even though, like you said, we all have faults. So great answer. I thought it was a, a really insightful answer. Thank you so much. Chris, could you tell my audience a little bit about your book? Sure, you bet. I told you a little bit about how it came about. It's called Best Job Ever, Rethink Your Career, Redefine Rich, and Revolutionize Your Life. And when we, when I first wrote it, um, the publisher who's Wiley Publishing and and my agent really wanted a book for college age students so that as people were entering into college or getting ready to graduate, that they had the tools and the knowledge and the information to make really good decisions about how to start out in the working world. Well, as we got into it, all of a sudden we realized there are a lot of other people who are asking these questions. You know, I told you I'd written down the questions that, that people had asked me at seminars. And so the book really turned out to be chapters for both those who are just going into college, graduating from college, but people also who are already in their career, if they want to make a change, if they want to be promoted, you know, just different aspects and questions that they had. And so the chapters, it's not really a book that you would need to read front to back. You could do it, but each chapter has a specific topic that may be useful to a college student or to a person in their 40s changing their career or wanting to get promoted. So it's just full of um, great information. And I think, let me just grab here, one of the best parts of the book is I developed from all the research that I've had and, and from the experience of interviewing hundreds of men and women in corporate America is I came up with a 10-step career development plan, how to develop your career. And I put it in the book and in the book, I, I take a chapter for each one to walk through how to go through each of those steps. But also, it's free on my website. I give it out to anybody who wants it for free. You can download it from my website for free on how to develop your career. So, if, you know, some of your listeners are entering into college, graduating from college. All the information um, and, and the career development plan is there. And then how to step through it is all in the book. I'm going to go check out that book, and I'm sure my few listeners would love to do that as well. Where can they find you on this website? What's your website called? Sure, you bet. It's drckbray.com. That's drckbray.com, um, and that's where they can find me now. That's kind of the, the career um, revolution website. And then starting January 1st, they can find more of a corporate site around change, um, and how organizations change at the adaptioninstitute.com. That's adaptioninstitute.com. And there's going to be lots of research there on how to change, how people change, and how organizations can change. So I kind of have one, the Dr. C.K. Bray for individuals and the Adaption Institute for corporations. So you get the best of both worlds there. We're coming to a close in this interview, unfortunately. But I'm really excited to ask you this next question, and I'm very excited to see how you sure. answer it because it's a good one. Imagine that you had just a couple of minutes with your former teenage self. What advice would you give yourself and why? Oh, I love this question that you ask, Easton, because here's what I'd say to myself. Just chill out, out a little bit. I was so stressed out about trying to accomplish too much too fast and now that I've lived quite a bit of my life, yeah, what? Well, it's about half over at 46, is I realized, you know what? I didn't need to stress out as much about the little things. That just I needed to look and say, hey, get your education. 
you know, go after the job that you want to go after. Don't stress out as much because things work out. Like Easton, things work out. As long as you're doing your best and giving it your all, for some reason, things just usually work out for the best. Now, it doesn't mean that things are hard or difficult. You have to go through hard, difficult times, but things just usually work out. And boy, I stressed out way too much in my, in my teenage years, my 20s and 30s. And now I realize I just give it my all and then put the cards out on the table. We see where they land and then adjust from there. I love it. That's great advice. And I think that's so essential for all high schoolers because I think a lot of us are very stressed about homework, athletics. There's so many things to be stressed about. And I think one thing that's really helped me with that is just meditation. Every morning I try to meditate and I think that's made a huge difference in my stress levels, helped me to chill out a little bit and it definitely helped me to be a little bit more happy. So great insight. Here is the last question. Do you have any last parting words of advice for fuel listeners? Yes. Well, actually, keep on listening to your podcast because Easton, you're doing great things. I'm telling you, if I would have started podcasting, which it wasn't around at your age and just been able to share what I was thinking, not only does it help you focus on, hey, which way do you want to go? What are you thinking about? What new stuff is out there? But also for the people listening to your podcast, I mean, it just opens up a whole new world for them and they can see different you know, opportunities available to them. So the best piece of advice that I can, I can give people is just make a plan. What do you want to do? Make a plan and say, Hey, in the next six months, I want to try this, or I want to accomplish this, write down some goals and go after it. It's one of the best things you can do from, from all the research out there around very successful people, excellent people, people who've reached, you know, expert status, you know, those people who are like, wow, how did they get there? It just came from setting a goal and working hard hard, hard toward it. So that's what I'd say. Just set a goal, work hard toward it, and that's where we get happy because our brains love when we accomplish things and love when we're working towards becoming better individuals. Progress is happiness. I know and live by that quote because every time I find myself in the flow and working towards something, I'm always happier. And while it can seem like a challenge, it always brings happiness to be working towards a plan and a greater goal. So thank you so much, Chris. I absolutely loved getting on the podcast. Where can my few listeners find you? Okay, they can find me at either of those websites, drckbray.com, or as of January 1st at Adaption Institute. I'm also on Twitter, Dr. C.K. Bray. I'm on LinkedIn, Dr. C.K. Bray. You can catch me on um, you can catch me on any of the social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm Instagramming more and more as I get to do some cool things. I was just on the set of Supernatural, and so I'm posting some pictures of of that of the television show. So I try to show different places I'm at. It's kind of fun to to keep up with individuals. So anywhere on social media, just Dr. C.K. Bray. That's D-R-C-K-Bray, B-R-A-Y. Thank you so much, Chris, and thank you all, Fuel listeners, for tuning in to episode number 30 of Fueled. If you like this episode, subscribe, leave a review, and I'll see you all in future episodes.